ABA podcast. We're your hosts, Andrea and Alejandra Alvarado. In this series, we'll be reviewing movies throughout the decades. So tune in, because this is going to be one exciting episode. Today, we'll be discussing Gunfight at the OK Corral, directed by John Sturgis in 1957. So let's start off with the plot. This is a movie that starts off in Dodge City and centers around two main characters, Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp. Doc Holliday is a pretty complex character. Um, he was a former dentist. He came from money. Uh, but now he is a corrupt gambler who has killed many people. That's always fun, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Um, Wyatt Earp is a lawman, uh, which, I mean to say, he's like a sheriff or a marshal, you know? Um, and he, uh, he's got, he's, he dislikes Doc Holliday, like, a lot. Um, the movie starts off with a man by the name of Mr. Bailey riding into the town of Fort Griffin, Texas. Um, most of this movie takes place in a couple of different areas. It starts in Fort Griffin, and then they head to Dodge City, which is in Kansas. And from there, they go to Tombstone, Arizona. Now, we've done some research on this, and it's actually based on real-life events. It is historical fiction, so there are some discrepancies, but it is overall a fantastic movie. Now, since this movie was made in 1957, it has a few actors who you may not have heard of. <laughs> so, it's starring DeForest Kelly, Star Trek's own. Um, he would later become a character in the recurring series. Uh, it also stars some pretty interesting people, wouldn't you say? Yeah, um, Kirk Douglas is in it. Um, he's, like, super famous, <laughs> you know, but uh, he plays Doc Holliday in this movie, and he is just fantastic Academy Award best copper. That's a joke. He actually didn't win any Academy Awards yeah, for this. Yeah, it's a joke. Um, because Doc Holliday has a persistent cough. Um, he's suffering from tuberculosis. So if you have any, like, I don't know that this would be the best thing to watch if you're a person that's afraid of illnesses. Yeah, yeah. Um, he has a love interest. Her name is Kate Fisher. And... I, I'm not fond of her. Um, at the beginning, actually, both of them were kind of not, they're not the best. They're not the best people. Um, Doc threw a knife at Kate towards the beginning of the movie because uh, she said something about him being a failure or a disappointment to his family, and he got all mad and stuff, but... uh yeah. The dynamics in this movie are really interesting because some of the characters that you wouldn't even imagine working together or being friends, uh, 
spoiler alert, actually do. So it's sort of, it's your stereotypical Western, but there's also like really important themes in it. Exactly. Um, so the basic plot of this movie is that Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp team up and they head from town to town and they basically keep people safe, uh, which I think is really cool because, you know, Doc Holliday is always insisting I'm not a lawman, you know, I, I don't like the law. <laughs> That's, that sounded dumb, but... It's important to remember that Doc Holliday was once a gambler. He no, went... Well, he still is. He still is a gambler. But uh, his main thing was that he swindled people out of their money and out of... uh, Which led to him being um, kicked out of, like, a lot of town. And this is a pretty good segue for another piece, an important piece of the movie. So earlier in this episode, we talked about how Mr. Bailey and his cronies uh, rode into town... You know, uh, and they were looking for Doc for one specific reason. Doc Holliday had killed Ed Bailey's brother because he was gambling with marked with a marked deck. Um, a marked deck is, if you don't already know, it's a deck that's been tampered with so that the dealer or the other person playing uh, ends up winning. Yeah, so he was cheating and Doc killed him. Doc killed Ed Bailey's brother. And so naturally, he wanted revenge. Um, so he rode up to, um, he rode up to Fort Griffin and was like, "Tell Doc I'm looking for him because he's gonna die." And Doc was calm and cool and collected and made him wait. And uh, he went to the saloon and was like, he told the bartender. But there's a mirror in the back. So he told the bartender, he's like, hey, I hear there's a guy who's looking for me. Uh, he said some other stuff. He was like, you know, tell him that I'm to meet me up at the cemetery, Boot Hill. Uh, and then he insulted him. And that led to uh, Ed Bailey pulling a gun out of his boot. and But Doc Holliday ever with his fantastic gunsman skills. Um, he got to him first, um, but not the way you'd expect. So he has really good reflexes. So he grabbed a knife and he threw it at him and he killed him. So that's one enemy vanquished, I guess. <laughs> um, so after this, or a little bit after this, um, other people come into town and they try to uh, kill Doc yet again. They tried to lynch him, which is basically like they tried to hang him for his crimes. For his crimes. Um, um, and honestly, it's a surprise that he hadn't been killed earlier, you know, because that was the whole thing that Kate and him were fighting about. She was like, you're going to get yourself killed. I don't want you going to jail. And he was just like, I don't care. So, uh, by this point in the movie, we already have some pretty good information about Doc. He came from money, is, was a dentist, and 
has no regard for his own safety. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of where Wyatt Earp comes in. So, he, for some reason, had stopped by uh, Fort Griffin. Her doc was there, and he's like, I hate that guy. Um, he's not a good man. He's, he's awful. I don't like him. Um, and a thing about Wyatt Earp is he, he was a marshal. So, you know, he was the law. And um, apparently he was very reckless when he was young. Um, so he just has a general dislike of Doc Holliday, even though as a, as a youngling, you know, as a youth, he wasn't the greatest at, you know, staying inside on the law's good side and stuff. So Wyatt Earp, in a shocking twist of events, saves Doc Holliday from being lynched. Because of this, Doc is in his debt. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he thanks him for his help and is like, hey, how about I stop by Dodge City and I come and visit you? And Wyatt's like, you can do me a favor and stay out of Dodge. What does he do? Sure enough, when he heads back to Dodge, none other than Doc Holliday and Kate Fisher are in town. And he is very upset by this. Um, but he is distracted by a woman uh, named Laura Denbo. Laura Denbo is a gambler and one of the only women allowed to actually gamble in many of the states. Uh, they say in the movie that her, basically her being there is an automatic, uh, automatically qualifies her to be, to partake in the games. Although this is something that wouldn't typically happen. Now, but an interesting thing about Laura Denbo is that she was based on a real-life woman who was also a gambler. Um, but the character of Laura Denbo is basically a celebrity in the gambling um, community, the gambling life. Yeah. Um, I should note that she was respected by the under, uh, by the other gamblers. Sorry. Um, but... Wyatt Earp insisted that where there's women, there's trouble. So, um, apparently, she was disturbing the peace, so he had her arrested. Um, now, after this, uh, Doc Holliday is trying to make a quick buck, and he's like, you know what? I bet that I could get her out of jail. So he stops by the jail and is like, let her go. Let her go. Come on. She wasn't doing anything. Let her go. And so reluctantly, Wyatt's like, fine. I'm going to let you go. And Doc's all, like, teasing him and stuff and just messing with him. Um... So, Laura Denbo does get let out. 
Um, and later in the movie, Wyatt Earp and Laura have like an attraction to each other and um, it's sort of a minor relationship in the movie, but it's something that really seems to affect the rest of uh, how Wyatt behaves in the rest of the movie. Um, so basically after this, Wyatt is summoned to Tombstone to help his own brother. Um, so he has, that we know of, he has three brothers, um, Virgil, Morgan, and little Jimmy, James Earp, who is 19 years old. And he needs to help them out because, um, I want to say that, well, there's just, there's trouble. There's trouble in the town. Um, so he gets the notice of this. He goes and he runs and tells Laura, hey, sorry, we can't be together. I have to go. And then, basically, there's a whole speech, and Laura's like, well, uh, you said you loved me, and I was willing to follow you, basically, to the end of the earth, but I am not willing to go with you. I'm not willing, because once you get into um, marshalling again, once you get into this, you're never going to be able to get out of it. The only way you're going to get out of it is in a grave so exactly um so i'm not the biggest fan of this relationship because uh first of all they only they've only known each other for like a couple days and like wyatt was so rude to her at the beginning and somehow they're in love and they're gonna head to california together like i just i don't understand so he he goes off to Tombstone, and he's like, yeah, gonna help my brother, you know? And who comes riding along after him? Dog, Dog Holiday. And he's like, where are you heading? He's like, I'm heading to Tombstone. And he's like, oh, really? I'm heading out there myself, you know? Good for my health. And he's like, since when have you cared about your health? And he's like, well, actually, it's a matter of finances. Um, I was kicked out of Dodge. They won't let me play anymore. So, I'm going to gamble in Tombstone. And so, when they get to Tombstone, um, Doc heads straight for the saloon. And Wyatt's like, hey, remember, no killing. Don't kill anybody. Otherwise, you're going to get, like, killed, kicked out the works, you know? He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, at this moment... Wyatt heads to his brother Virgil's house. So, all of the family is gathered around a table. They're eating. They're laughing. They're talking, right? Uh, and Wyatt shows up. And so, they continue their conversation, and they're talking about um, what are they going to do to stop the trouble? What? How are they going to solve the problem? Um... So there's a couple of characters in there and they're his family 
And uh, why don't you explain a little bit more about them? Okay, so in the movie, um, you know, you have the three brothers. You have Virgil Morgan, little Jimmy, who is the youngest, 19. Um, and uh, Morgan is played by DeForest Kelly, who is just an awesome actor. And I think he's really cool. But Virgil. Virgil is kind of like the main one. He I wouldn't say he's the leader of of the group of the of the family, but he uh it's his house. He has a wife and kid, you know, um and he he tells them about a man by the name of Ike Clanton who runs like a little gang or a band of outlaws or whatever basically. Um, they're stealing cattle. And not only that, they're stealing cattle from Mexico. Yeah. So, that's pretty bad, honestly. It's pretty illegal. It was a crime that could get you killed. Exactly. And, um, so, like, the next day, so he heads out. He heads out of the house, and he's like, okay, we've talked about this. I'm gonna leave now. Bye. Um, and so he heads to his new, new job as U.S. Marshal since leaving Dodge. Um, and he runs into a man by the name of Cotton. Now, Cotton isn't the best character. He works for Ike Clanton. So he's like, yeah, you know, I work for Ike. He's talking to him. He's trying to be like. You're going to get killed. You're either going to get killed or get money in this job. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Send this message to your boss. So Cotton goes over to Ike's. And, you know, he tells him. He's like, so here's the deal. This is what hap- what's happening. You know, Wyatt's being, he's doing this. He's, he's just, he's here now. Um, and, uh, so this sort of begins, uh, hate-hate relationship, as I say. Exactly. Uh, between the Clantons and the Earps. So, um, the Clantons immediately vow revenge. Uh, they... They decide, hey, let's stage a murder. Oh, sorry. Um, they're like, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to ambush these people. So, yeah, we're going to ambush them. So, there is a meeting between the Clantons and... Uh, this other character, Ringo, and none other than Kate Fisher. Um, so, Kate, Kate is at this meeting, and, um, you know, it doesn't turn out fantastic, but we should tell you what happens before this. 
before this moment, before this moment, um, Ike and his little band of people, including Ringo, uh, they meet Wyatt outside of a saloon or like someplace with music and stuff, and they confront him and they're like, "Hey." You know, they're trying to start trouble. And he's like, well, you better get out of here because these are my brothers. And so the marshals run him out of town. Um, or back to their ranch, I guess. Um, and then, after this, they're like, you know what? I am tired of this. I do not want him back over here because, you know, he keeps... He keeps doing things. He keeps messing with our plans. And um, so they get really, really mad. Now, Billy. Billy is the younger brother of Ike Clanton. And he gets... So he gets super drunk. And Wyatt's like, he's super drunk. I'm going to take him to his mom's house. You know, I'm going to take him back to the Clanton ranch to talk to his mother. But he has another motive for doing this. Um, his other motive is to talk to Ike Clanton himself. So he heads over and he's like, Don't worry about your kid, ma'am. I brought him back because he's drunk and he just needs sobering up, right? Um, and then she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with him. You know, he's going to end up dead like his dad. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't funny. It's not funny. Um, it's actually very sad. But he also stole cattle. So it just goes to show that, like, if you do bad things, they're going to catch up to you. Um, but Billy. Billy is like, oh, I'm joining my brother's gang because I'm, I'm so lonely, you know? Like, I'm just the loneliest person ever. Um, and he's like, hey, all gunfighters are lonely. You know, we all die alone or whatever. Don't do it. So he says, oh, I'm not going to do it anymore. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not going to do it. As he walks out, uh, by he, I mean Wyatt Earp himself, he walks out and he's like, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go back to Tombstone. Ike and Cotton show up and they find him and they're like, we're going to kill you. We're going to shoot you. You're going to be dead. Why are you here? And um, he's just like, hey, I don't think you should do that because... Like, my brothers are waiting for me, and they're going to be, like, really mad at you if you kill me. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, so they just kind of leave, and he's like, actually, look at this fancy paper I got. says I'm U.S. Marshal. I can go wherever I want, and you can't stop me. So um, after this is just the, it's the last straw. And the Ike, Ike and his people, they're like, we need him off our land forever. They keep pushing us. We're going to we're going to get rid of the Earps. We're going to ambush them. And this leads into our previous point. The Earps, the McLowrys, oh, I'm sorry. Uh the Clantons, the McLowrys, Cotton, Ringo, and Kate conspired to ambush the Earps and make it a first per- make it a personal fight. By killing Wyatt on his rounds. However, they don't end up actually killing Wyatt Earp. What they do instead 
is kill little Jimmy. They kill little Jimmy, and it's the saddest thing I have ever seen in my whole life. That's an exaggeration. However, it is pretty sad. Um, so he finds his, here's gunshots. Wyatt hears gunshots, and he's like, oh, he's still waking up. He's like, what? And then you see it in his eyes. He's like, little Jimmy, right? And he runs out, and he finds him. And he's so utterly distraught, he turns away and he kind of hunches over and you think, oh, he's going to vomit, you know, like it's not good. And Doc is just standing silently there beside him. And I don't know, it's just, it's a wonderful portrayal of grief. Like it's so, it's such a small, small thing, you know, it's not as extravagant it's not as it's not a big thing as it is in other movies where you see this person fall to the floor and cry and sob you know because their family member is dead but you still see his pain which is just it's a phenomenal performance from Burt Lancaster um okay and then he's like they've we're gonna do it their way we're gonna we're gonna fight them and doc's like don't do what they want it's not gonna end well and he's like my brother is dead i don't care anymore um so doc in his best friend way he goes to find kate and he's like what did you do what did you do who was there um i'm gonna hurt you you know like why why so he gets information from her, and she's like, oh, no, don't kill me, please, no. And he gets so angry, but then he stops in his tracks, and he starts coughing. And it's, it's so bad. It's the worst coughing fit I've heard in my life. It's one of those, like, deep in your lungs kind of coughs, when it's, like, so, ow, you know? Like, it hurts you, even though it's not you that's coughing. Um, so why... Wyatt goes over, and, you know, it's presumably the next day, and he's like, Doc, get up. I need your help. You know, I really, really need your help because, like, we got to fight the Clantons. And he's passed out cold, and he's like, oh, you're so stupid and drunk, you know. And Kate's like, he's dying. And then Wyatt's like, oh, my gosh, he's dying. Um... So after this, the whole, the family, the herbs, they've already made their decision. They have decided they are going to get revenge on, for their brother's murder. They're going to kill the Clintons and the group who conspired against them. So Doc, being the person he is after this scene, uh, we see him struggling to get up off of the, out of the bed and Kate's like, oh, you're so stupid. You know, you're dying and you're over here wanting to help Wyatt Earp. And, you know, basically, what's the reason? Um, so Doc has this very uh, moving sort of speech about how people like Doc and Kate don't matter. He says... Uh, and I quote, we haven't mattered since the day we were born, end quote. Um, so it's really special to me and really important that 
to tell you all that after this scene, the first thing he does is go and help Wyatt Earp. So while Doc may not matter to himself, he doesn't think that he's valuable, that he's worth it. The person he does find value in, the person that matters most to him in this occasion is Wyatt Earp. And I think it's interesting because at the beginning of the movie, you know, they had a dislike of each other. They hated each other. And now they're the best of friends. Like, I just think that's so interesting. Um, so after this, he heads out and he's like, okay, get your brothers, Wyatt. I'm going to help you out. So they go to the OK Corral, um, which seems to be just outside of Tombstone like far reaches of the town or whatever. Uh, It's important to note that the actual OK Corral was much smaller than the one depicted in the film. That and it didn't actually happen in the corral itself. It happened in the lot surrounding it. Um, Just that. That's a little thing that I thought I should note. Um, So Ike, Frank, the McLowrys, and Cotton, they head out. Oh, I should, wait, um, oh, never mind. So, um, they head out to the OK Corral, and they wait for the Earps. Doc Holliday and the Earps head to the OK Corral. Um, so Cotton meets up with him, and he's like, um, Ike's unarmed. He just wants to talk. And he's like, you're lying. And you know, Cotton's like, what? Me? Lie. <laughs> and they're like, go back with your friends, you know? So he heads back and he's like, hey, Ike, Doc's with them, you know? Like, they have one more man. And he's like, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to be one of these mean outlaw people. I don't want to do it. And so Ike's like, just go over by the horses, man. And then once they see Erp and Doc the Earps and Doc, uh, in their line of sight, they start shooting at him. So the Earps and Doc immediately begin to return their fire. They shoot at them. It's bloody. It's brutal. There are scenes where you think that all of them are going to die and scenes where you think, hey, it's going to turn out fine. Um, so during this fight, a couple of things happen. Morgan gets shot, but he's only wounded. And Doc tries to keep him safe. Like, as safe as you can be in a gunfight. Um, so he kind of, like, drapes himself over him. Like, shields him with his own body. And he's like, are you all right? And Morgan's like, yeah, I'm fine. Well, not fine, but, like, kind of okay, you know? He was shot. Um, and so Doc's like, all right. And starts coughing. And, um, I don't know if his cough is brought on by anxiety or just high emotions or something you know um but later uh one mclowry has been killed and then the other one dies as well uh virgil ends up being wounded and they kill ike clanton um wyatt shoots billy and starts chasing him and then goes to a store 
like he goes into a store. Billy goes into a store to hide. And um, while all of this is happening, Doc is Doc is chasing Ringo, who he hates because he stole his he girl. stole his girl. You know, just regular things. Um, so he finds him, he corners him, and then he shoots him dead. He like shoots him a bunch of times. It's kind of overkill, honestly. Um, <laughs> overkill. That's punny. You know, because he's he's dead. Okay, uh, continue. Uh, <laughs> All right. Um, so Billy is hiding in the store, and Wyatt walks in, and he's like, "Don't make me do this, boy. I don't want to kill you, right?" And he's like, "Come and get me." And he tries to kill Wyatt, and then he sees Doc in the window, and he raises his gun, and from that his spot outside of the store. Doc Holliday kills Billy Clanton. So Billy Clanton is on this little uh, balcony, balcony type thing. Like and you know how in stories you go up the stairs and there's a little balcony, right? Yeah. So he's on one of those. Uh, from there, the force and the pain, I guess, of the, <laughs> the bullet makes him fall, and he like falls off this balcony and splat, you yeah, know, onto he, the. He crashes into furniture and he breaks it, and his body's just there and twisted at odd angles. And Wyatt sees his body there, and he drops his badge. Now, this scene sort of reminded me of the scene in Captain America. Uh, Civil War, where obviously Steve Rogers captain is Captain America in that particular movie. Um, and he, like, he's totally done. And then, you know, the shield is dropped and it, like, clatters on the floor and makes this boom sound. Uh, but for me, uh, in Gunfight, that's one of the best, the best scenes. After the whole ordeal, um, so Doc and Wyatt share a drink at the bar, and he's like, can you do me a favor? As your friend, please, 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 please head out to the hospital in Denver. Get yourself some help, because at this rate, you're going to die in a couple months. And he's like, <laughs> and and, you know, lose this winning streak I have? No way. And uh, Doc asks him where he's going to go from here. And he's like, I'm probably going to head up back to California. And I'm going to hope that Laura waits for me. And I'm like, I saw this scene and I was like, you're seriously going to wait for Laura? What? Um, Because early in the movie, he left her. Like, he literally left her. Like, he straight up abandoned, abandoned her. Abandoned her. She, like, she didn't even have a horse. You know, I don't think because it was lame, I think. Yeah. Or something. Um, so, yep, that's that's what happened. Uh, Doc stays in Tombstone and Wyatt heads out to California. So the scene in the end that one of the ending scenes with Wyatt and Doc seems almost like a breakup, like a really bad breakup. Uh, it's. It shows how deep their friendship was and how they actually cared about each other. Well, it's not exactly 
a breakup. You know, like I'm not contradicting anything you're saying. I'm just saying that this happened in Dodge City. Right. Because Kate Fisher and Ringo showed up in the town and she was like, aren't you going to say hi to a friend? I said I'd see you dead. And Ringo, he's drunk and he's like, I'm going to fight you, Doc Holliday. Ha 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 ha. And he's just like, come on, man. Come on. You honestly think you honestly think that you're going to win this. Let's fight, you know, but that never ends up happening. Instead, <coughs> oh, sorry. Instead, uh, Doc is going to leave Dodge City. And um, why it's like, are you leaving because of me? And he's like, you've got nothing to do with the reason I'm leaving. And so they kind of just drink. And, uh, yeah, they just drink. They're just buddies drinking, you know? Uh, so something in this movie that was like, uh, oh, uh, something, you were talking about Wyatt and Doc. And their friendship, obviously, is like one of the, the, uh, <coughs> it's a major <coughs> point in the, in the movie. Uh, <coughs> But that brings us to the all the best the theme song basically. Um so I think you have a little bit to say about the theme song, don't you? <laughs> you just love it. <coughs> Sorry. I've got a cough. Um So, the theme song is really good. Um it basically tells the short. It tells the story of Wyatt Earp. And, you know, as he's riding through town, throughout his journey, it plays. Not necessarily just the lyrics, but the theme itself happens in some pivotal moments in the in the movie. And I just think it adds a certain, you know, it, it adds a certain feel to the entire thing that I think is really important uh, when you're when you're watching it. It adds something to this already fantastic movie. Um, and I think that's all we had to say about this movie today. Uh, Actually, that's where you're wrong. Um, so, welcome to the next part of this episode. Well, not the next part, but like a little, a little uh, segment almost that I've dubbed... Uh, Gosh, what did I dub it as? As uh, Twin Talk, which is where we'll be discussing issues in the movie or themes in the movie and um, ways that maybe this movie doesn't hold up as well in today's society. Ooh, now that you mention it, I have something to say. Okay, so sexism in the movie. It's pretty bad, honestly. Um. So, at the beginning, when Wyatt meets Laura Denbo, he arrests her for what he thinks is, uh, what did I write? Um, disturbing the peace. She's just standing there, or sitting at the table. She's trying to gamble, and people are trying to kill Wyatt Earp, and he's like, it's because of you. Because, once again, where there's women, 
there's trouble. So he says, which I think is so dumb. Um, but that's beside the point. Oh well, is it? It it is the point. It's really it's really stupid. I hate the sexism. Um, another point in this is how the female love interests are basically cast aside when the male characters like Doc and Wyatt decide they have to do their own thing. They have to exactly. go and exactly do you know whatever it is that they're doing, and then the Female love interests are just reduced to crying piles of goo. Exactly. Um, I should note, or to expand on this is what I'm trying to say, uh, Kate Fisher, the main reason that I didn't like her is because she keeps going back to Doc Holliday. He's neglectful, and he's a rude, and he threw a knife at her, and yet she's like... Take me back. I need you. I need you. I need you. And it's like, uh, you could have had her be this wonderful independent woman. And instead, she's really petty. She's really petty. And I, that just makes me really sad. Also, they're both awful people. Um, Kate, in the sense that she allowed Ringo and them to try to kill the Earps. She was like, I wanted you back. And I thought if Wyatt was out of the way, because originally they were trying to kill Wyatt, she was like, I thought if Wyatt was out of the way, you'd come back to me. And that's just, it's really upsetting. Uh, so another, you know, another character in this, I, I like Laura. I have nothing against Laura. But we only see Laura for like five minutes and then she's never seen again. Uh, she has a big love confession. She loves him. She cares for him. He is one of the best things to ever happen to her, in her opinion. Uh, basically. Um, but her too is, you know, she's also cast aside once Wyatt leaves. And he's like, sorry, Sorry, I can't do it anymore. Not possible. Bye-bye. Um, and it just goes to show that sometimes directors and screenwriters, sometimes a female character isn't fleshed out as much as the audience would like them to be. And this is a good example of this. Another example, very sadly, uh, is, um, so I was saying, another example of this is Virgil on how he talks to his wife. He's like, so she was in hysterics, apparently. She was very upset because her husband and his brothers were going to go and kill the Clintons and stuff as a matter of family pride. And she was like, you're going to get yourself killed. You're just sitting here, you know. She was basically saying you need to grieve. You need to go through this, but you shouldn't risk your life or for your, your job. Or your job for your deceased brother. And Virgil says, I think it's time you leave the room. And then to his brother's remarks, you know how women are. Like, that is your wife, sir. The, the mother of your child, you know. You should treat her with some respect. And I think that... Part of why there's so much sexism in this movie, though it is few and far between, it's very subtle or subtle, it's just not a lot, 
is because it was filmed in the 50s. And in the 50s, unfortunately, uh, women weren't treated the, you know, with respect. With respect. Um, and I'd say it's definitely a whole lot better now. For some for people. For some people. Uh, another issue in this movie was... Um, So there's a scene in which a little uh, statue of a uh, an indigenous oh. person yes. is they throw a rope around it and they drag it on the floor. And it's like, that's really racist. That's unnecessary. It's Completely unnecessary. unnecessary. Now, with Westerns... Um, this is a common theme, unfortunately. Uh, there's a lot of mistreatment of, of indigenous peoples or they're like... Ooh, you Mexican? Ah, you're awful. And it's like, that's sad to see, uh, especially as a Mexican-American person. It's like, hey, this is how they portrayed my people, you know? In, yeah. In these movies, they thought we were dumb. You know, they thought, you know, we were hopeless and we were too poor to do anything and we were just awful. And it's it's really sad to see how these uh, these people are treated in in these westerns, in these films made by predominantly white men, considering the era in which they were filmed. And it's just, it's really upsetting to see. Um, um, unfortunately, this is a thing that still happens to this day. Uh, people of color, specifically um, women of color, are often... Uh, mistreated, they're often cast aside. Um, they're ignored in Hollywood and in the media itself. I mean, it's it's an issue, and it's something that really um, needs to be improved. Yes, I agree. Um, shall we end this on a lighter note? I think we should. Uh, let's see what we can think of. Uh, what are some, like, really fun moments in the movie that you, like, enjoyed that made you happy? You know, um, I'd say that mine, while it isn't, like, a huge thing, but something that's, like, really memorable to me <clears throat> is the part where he's talking, um... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the part where he, where he, Doc Holliday, is talking about how he doesn't want to die in his bed. Now it is a sad topic. It is a sad topic, but he's just like, Nah, man, I'm gonna go out the way I want to go out. I'm gonna go out guns blazing, you know. And I just think that really shows the character of Doc Holliday, like how he's he's very intelligent, but he is very uh strong-willed which i think is really cool i just think it's super interesting that they included that um what about yours uh so one of my favorite moments a moment that was really great was uh let me think about this oh, there's so many um 
Um, it would probably have to be the scene. It's a scene earlier in the movie. Wyatt and Doc have already begun their epic team up. Um, and it's the scene where they band together. And for the first time, you really see what a good, uh, what a good team they are. They work well together. They're smart and they're, you know, they just have a really good, um, as I've said before, they have a really good relationship. So that makes me happy. All right. Thank you for tuning in and we hope to see you in the next episode. Bye. -bye. Bye.